Hey there! Welcome to SaaS Unbound, brought to you by SaaS Group. I'm your host, Anna Dana, and this is the show where we chat with inspiring founders and experts to get an inside scoop on how they made their business a success. And today with me is Baptiste Jemen, who is a co-founder of Crisp. Crisp is an all-in-one business managing platform that gathers teams, conversations, data, and knowledge around one place. They are an intentionally very small team uh, of very passionate bootstrappers. Uh, they're loved by the community and by the looks of it, they intend to keep it that way. So we're here to learn your story and see what has been changing over the past eight years. So welcome, Baptist. Hey, thank you very much, Hannah, and thank you very much for the presentation. Well, it's my job. <laughs> um, well, uh, yeah, it's great to see you here. Not our first rodeo, right? We did a podcast before, uh, and uh, but that happened almost a year ago. So a lot has changed, I'm sure. I saw a few updates uh, on Crisp, and I saw that you uh, posted something on Product Hunt, so what is it? What have you been up to this uh, past year? Yeah, so basically uh, we have more and more companies um, using CRISP and what companies expect CRISP to do is uh, enabling to get in touch with more customers, to get to seamlessly get in touch with customers. So back in November, we released a, a new chat widget allowing customers to to better access to the knowledge right from a chat widget. So we, we enable an FAQ right in the chat widget. So uh, let's say you are a SaaS user and you want to know how to do something very specific. Uh, you can access right from the chat widget to the knowledge base. That is a thing. And we ha also have uh, more and more integrations. Uh, we recently discovered, um, released uh, a Shopify integration, a WhatsApp integration. So we enable integration with most software out there. Um, and right now we are doing a lot of investments on the AI uh, space. You, we all know that uh, we, uh, we had this great new thing, which is uh, ChatGPT uh, in December. And, um, oh, wait, what is it? <laughs> I'm just kidding. <laughs> but uh, yeah, I really believe that it's going to change our space uh, in a good way. Um, it's not completely magic, but definitely it can really help businesses to better scale with their um, customer relationship. Okay. Have you tried ChatGPT 4? So... Um, Obviously, as Crisp is a customer support, customer platform tool, it's very important for us to be able to automate um, escalation, uh, to automate answering questions. Uh, and we tried, like, since the past two or three years since GPT-3 is released. So GPT Chat was initially based on GPT-3. Mm -hmm. um, and yeah, we did a lot of experiments based on that to uh, automatically generate articles to be able to resolve issues as well, customer support issues, uh, to be uh, able to help companies internally 
Uh, for instance, at Crisp, we have our own internal support. So let's say we have a customer support agent helping a customer, but like the customer is having a, a complex problem. The support agent can slack the team, the internal team with the issue, and then a developer going to join the conversation to, to help the, the agent and the customer. Uh, and we believe that such tools, so GPT chat, GPT three, GPT four now, um, large, so what we call large lingual, language models can uh, really help solving this kind of problems. And uh, we expect to release um, very soon uh, new features on CRISP um, with a deep relationship with the humans and the AI. Okay. So uh, do you believe in the whole craze, you know, AI is taking all our jobs and like customer support being like maybe one of the easier, <clears throat> sorry, uh, things to, to outsource? Is it well, uh, <clears throat> in danger? I, I don't believe so. And I don't, I, I do believe that it's easier to replace a lawyer than a customer support agent. Okay. Uh, for a very simple reason. Uh, so large language models are basically, they have a personality. They have like common sense. They're very good at common sense. But in a company, the common sense can, can be pretty dangerous. I mean, let's say you hire an intern to do your, your customer support. Th this intern, it's the, the first day and, and you don't want the customer to, to offer any refund or to, to do any initiative. And the issue is large. So language models such as uh, GPT-3 can harm your business. For instance, it can offer refunds, discounts that could even say to use uh, a competitor instead. Hmm. So imagine a, uh, a customer right. is asking you for a question and the AI say, oh, we don't have this feature, but just go to the competition. It's not possible. And in fact, it's a very bad idea. Large language models right now um, can handle around 70% of the questions. Okay. 60 to 70, but the 30% it can be very, very dangerous to your brand. Like, okay. I, I'm pretty sure you wouldn't, you wouldn't hire an, an, an experienced person to handle your support. I mean, you wouldn't do, do, do it. Uh, you, you wouldn't uh, hire someone being drunk or using drugs uh, doing a support. Uh, so I don't... I don't really feel that AI right now can replace customer support jobs for, for this okay. reason. But the AI can really help humans to better respond to customer, um, to always uh, offer a solution. And if you don't have the answer, the AI is going to give you a potential answer. Maybe the answer going to be the wrong answer, but you know because it's your, you, you are the expert. Okay. So, uh, is there, I don't know, some, some kind of editing, some kind of, uh, 
learning still required for every potential brand that is uh, is going or, or thinking about using AI and uh, AI should be tailored uh, to every every company and every activity yeah, yeah, they're yeah, doing. Yeah, exactly. There is no common sense in a customer support. I mean, if people message a company, uh, a customer support, it's, there is an issue. And the best customer support is when there is no issue. I mean, if you, you don't have any issue with the product, you don't right. even need to get in touch with the customer support. So it's already too late. And, you know, customer support is a tiny fraction of company's budget. It's maybe 5%. And, and yeah, there are some companies willing to replace those 5% with an AI. But I think it's wrong. They should improve their product, their offering. So their customers don't have any issue. Right. Uh, like, yeah, I, I, I read this uh, wonderful tweet. I don't remember who, who wrote it, but um, a, lot of, uh, a lot of companies struggle when they don't have uh, customer support because they have uh, some issues to solve. But then when all the issues solved, uh, they're questioning whether or not they still need customer support. And uh, it's kind of an ongoing feud whether or not you need it, uh, but you just don't appreciate uh, appreciate it enough when it's doing its job and, and the product is good and everything is working. Um, well, so, yeah. the, the idea is to, to let customers fix issues on their own. I mean, having a, a simple product with no bugs, seamless experience. And then if the customers are able to achieve this on their own, you can let then contact you but to 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 ask different questions maybe about pricing how to evolve with your product so they can use more and if they use more they're going to pay more for sure the idea right. is to build long-term relationship um, okay and long-term relationship really help to reduce churn and also increase the product uh, adoption because the user is going to understand what they can do with your product, especially SaaS software, and they use, they're going to buy more. Uh, they're going to do more uh, with your SaaS. And if they do right. more, they pay more. Do you, do you have some news stories of interesting use of CRISP? I remember that during pandemic, there were churches and schools and yeah. whatnot. <laughs> so what about now? Yeah, it, it's pretty much the same as since um, the, the Ukraine war, um, the French government used CRISP to root Ukrainian refugees uh, to families. Oh, wow. Because on CRISP, uh, we have a feature named Live Translate. So Live Translate, um, it enables to, to write in a language. So for instance, I am French and I only speak French. I contact the company in French and they don't know French, so they can read my message in English. Uh, I, um, they're going to answer back in English and they're going to read the answer in French. So okay. the French government is doing, in, doing it between families and refugees that they can speak in Ukrainian or Russian and families can reply back in, in French. And it's okay. a lot easier and 
uh, it, it's a very interesting topic. Um, obviously, uh, the idea of CRISP, initially, it was around enabling companies to get in touch with customers. But at the end, it's enabling people to uh, NGOs, nonprofits, schools to get in touch with people, customers, whatever. For instance, uh, we have teachers uh, using CRISP. So what the teacher do, especially uh, to learn uh, languages, uh, the, the teacher uh, gonna do uh, like a, a customer support agent and um, the students gonna ask something or, or they're gonna do the opposite. The student's gonna do the customer support agent and the teacher would do the fake uh, customer and ask um, stuff. Okay, so like business studies. Um, yeah, it's not really business studies, but uh, during uh, high school, for instance, they, they do okay. it uh, quite a lot in France. Uh, uh, I never thought about that, but yeah, why not? Yeah, It's not about communi communi communication with France, but initially it's more between an entity, which is a company, right. and, and customers. Uh, and yeah, I really believe that human relationship gonna stick on, on the long term. I, I don't believe that AI gonna replace that. Um, but yeah, for sure, we all want that AI can re at least answer 30% of questions because we don't want as humans to, sorry about that, but to answer dummy questions. I mean, right. questions that could be answered using a Google search query. Okay. Remember there was a website, let me Google it for you. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, <laughs> yeah I uh, absolutely loved it. Yeah, yeah. Uh, how can I reset my password? Is Amex supported on your platform? Is blah, blah, blah. So those easy questions that could be answered on Google. Um, and it's why we are doing an AI uh, on CRISP is to automatically detect this kind of questions and to hmm. automatically suggest you an answer. And you don't okay. need, need to even type anything. Boom, you, you have a keyboard shortcut and, and boom, you send it. Problem solved. Cool. Okay. All right. Let's talk a little bit more about day-to-day uh, -day operations on CRISP, right? I remember the last time um, you, you said you started to maybe uh, pull back a little bit and uh, take a bit more of a um, broader look on the business, not being in uh, in the office or on the job day after day. Uh, did it change right now? Because uh, just by this conversation, I can see how involved you are in all the features that you're building. Um, did you succeed or <laughs> you're back well, in the game? My, my my goal since the beginning of CRISP is to be useless at the end. And you're, in fact, you are useful by trying to be useless. And you know what okay. I mean? Yeah, you're enabling uh, other people. <laughs> yeah, but in fact, there are a few things that I, I love doing, especially technical stuff. I, I think I'm a very bad person doing sales and marketing. And it's talking with people, doing meetings, meetups, etc. So I rather hire people doing that. We'll um, keep it short. Don't worry. <laughs> and um, and for instance, I really know 
where we come, we, we came from uh, at CRISP. Um, so the product for the past eight years now changed drastically. Right. And you know, now we are doing AI stuff, a lot of changes on the platform, and I know how to do it. And I, I'm not scared about removing stuff, replacing stuff entirely. Uh, so my, my, my job at CRISP is to, um, to enable this. I mean, trying to replace stuff, I mean, changing technical stuff and show the way. And then people can do the, the work to, to do that, right. to, to go there. Okay. So you take full responsibility for, for the big changes and yeah. then you just lead people to, to do anything with Not it. Not only responsibility, but the initial technical work. I mean, I show that it's possible. I do a prototype. I mean, it's like doing a car. I mean, right. I'm like Enzo Ferrari, right? Writing a car. I do the prototype and then we make, we make it like industrial. I mean, the idea is to build not only one car, but tens of thousands, millions of cars. Right. So okay. I, I only do the prototype. So you said, um, I want to be useless in the end. What kind of end are we talking about? Is it stepping away completely? Is it selling the company? Is no, it no, 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 no. I, I mean, I, I love my job. But my job is doing many different things, and um, and in fact, uh, as a, as a CEO or co-founder, you are involved in, in many different things, which is management, some sales, some some marketing, technical stuff, legal, finance, etc. And in fact, I, I love doing that. You know, it's just every time you have bigger and bigger problems. I mean, our job at Crisp is resolving problems we didn't have before and we never thought about those issues could happen right now uh, but you solve the issues one by one and then sometimes you need to hire people to to solve those problems and it's it's the way a company goes step by step and, and grow looking for new ways to find customers for your SaaS business consider adding an affiliate or customer referral program. Rewardful is the easiest affiliate tracking platform to set up, manage, and scale for SaaS companies. Log your customer acquisition cost and only pay based on results. Integrate Rewardful with your Stripe or Paddle account and set up your affiliate campaigns in minutes. Rewardful automatically tracks referrals, calculates commissions, handles upgrades and downgrades all seamlessly in the background, whether you sell one-off purchases or recurring subscriptions. Companies like Podia, Copy.ai, Parametrics, Synthesia, and many, many more are already using Rewardful to add that sweet, sweet MRR to their businesses. Sign up now at Rewardful.com for a free 14-day trial and turn your biggest fans into your best marketers. What is the only thing that um, you would love to keep uh, working on if like everything else is taken yeah, I, care I, of? I, I really enjoy doing technical stuff and I just can't leave that. Okay. Is it still going to be crisp? So do you see yourself doing crisp for the next 
10 years? Yeah, it could or be. Is I mean, there... When we started CRISP, uh, we didn't think that we would be so passionate about, about it. Uh, it. It's now eight years. Uh, it's still growing a lot. Uh, and, you know, our daily job changed drastically. Um, we are not the same persons uh, as we used to be. Um, technically, CRISP is very challenging. Uh, I mean, there are many things that we love to do as, um, as persons, and CRISP offers all of it. Okay. You know, when, and we try to, to, off, to offer the same for people working at CRISP. It's not doing a position where, as a person, you need to fit in the box, in, in the position. But you are a person having many very special skills and to do a position around you. Uh, and, and it's what I really enjoy at CRISP uh, because, as a person, I love to do many different things. And I, I can do all those different things at CRISP and, uh, and to, 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 do, to do it uh, uh, on a very high level. Okay. Is it the same approach uh, you're taking with your hires? Uh, if, you know, if you're hiring lately. Yeah. But we, we hire, but for instance, when we hire a developer, really take our time. When we hire any person, even on customer support, we take our time and to, to take the best candidate. Uh, it's not only about expertise, it's also about personality, all those things. So at the end, we can be a team where everybody likes each other. And it's very important for me uh, that everybody at CRISP uh, enjoys uh, each other. Okay. So what kind of... Uh... <clears throat> Sorry, what kind of culture are you building? Is it a kind of a lifestyle business where you're not really going after some generational wealth exit in the end, but are building a very uh, comfortable life for, for everyone involved? Or is it... Um, is it mostly about creativity? So what's the first thing uh, that you curate uh, inside the company? So in terms of companies' mindsets, the very important thing uh, at CRISP, it's very horizontal. And mm -hmm. I don't want to be your uh, Valerian microphone. We don't want to be the key persons blocking all the stuff, all the decisions, etc. So at CRISP, it's like a matrix of people talking to each other, doing decisions. And maybe at some point, if, if the decision is too big for the company, too big for yourself, you ask colleagues or you ask, you're going to ask me and we're going to do the decision together. But it's the way we try to do is to do decisions all together. And this way we could, we can be faster because it, it, yeah, if there are decisions that don't impact the, the company, I mean, in terms of finance or whatever, yeah, you can try. I mean, it's very important so that everybody in the company can try to take some risks and so we can experiment um, stuff uh, quickly. Right. Are there any like strict have, rules, especially to the fact no that... No meetings. That... We, we have a no meeting policy. 
Oh, not at all. No, not at all. Yeah. No okay. money. Yeah. Okay. If, and if you're you all remote. You write note it down, you do a document or you note it down. And and then at some point you can do a meeting, but it's going to be a, a, a five or 10 minutes meeting. It's going to be like super quick because oh, cool. everything was already discussed uh, in the document. Okay. Why so? Because it's asynchronous. Uh, and, and, you know, uh, I, I worked for many different companies. Uh, I started CRUSP when I was 22 or 23. I, di I did some freelancing. I worked for startups. I worked for, like, regular companies. I was packaging T-shirts. Um, and I also worked for a franchise fee. A, a very big company, uh, telecom company in France. And a key thing I learned in those companies is what, that meetings were crazy inefficient. Like in a meeting of six people, you, you had only two person talking, a lot of uh, small talk. Um, and most of the times, those meetings are only useful to plan the next meeting and so on. So yeah, just no meetings and, and if there is a meeting, only the relevant people, two or three person max and okay. make it quick, like five to 10 minutes max. It's a big max. Yeah. All right. And, and meetings can be, um, or mostly only on, on, on Zoom. Okay. So no people are super independent. People know yes. what they're talking about. Uh, and, and then they know the next step that they, they need to, to make. Yeah. And if you don't know the next step, you note, you write all your questions and you ask your colleague or a co-founder or whatever, and you shoot all the questions and boom, okay. you have all the answers right now. And you guys are fully remote. Not fully remote. Uh, in fact, Half of the team uh, is in France and the rest is uh, remote. Uh, but even for the team uh, in France, we are mostly remote. I, I leave myself between um, the countryside of France and, and Paris. And we are all, mostly all live like that. Okay. All right. That's super so interesting. We're not every day at the offices. Okay. But there is an office. Yeah, there is an office. Okay. Uh, but uh, it's like a co-working space. I mean, you can you can be there one day or half a day and go back home. Okay. All right. Well, yeah, it's safe to say it's it's fully remote. Uh, right. So uh, I want to get back to to my question about bootstrapping and the rules about it. So uh, I've talked to a few other bootstrapping founders, and they said, well, yeah, obviously, like you have the freedom, and you're not very. <clears throat> strict uh on like what you're doing because you're scrappy you know you you can work with lower budgets yeah. but there are still budgets and especially uh for for the company for the day-to-day -day operations there are very strict rules like what you're spending money on so for example never hire anybody if uh, you're short on cash so do you have some kind of rules like that or like what rule carries you on as a successfully bootstrapped company. Okay, so we hire late, too late maybe, but late every time. So the thing is, we try to do things that don't scale ourselves, 
we experiment on our own. So for instance, um, doing videos, YouTube videos, we, uh, we did some podcasts, we did some interviews as well. We, we try that ourselves. So we can see that if it's time consuming, the video editing, how to market the stuff on LinkedIn, etc. And then when you don't have any time anymore or any passion to do that anymore, we hire someone to, to handle that. And it's interesting because we know how, how, what's the process uh, of doing uh, this job. I mean, the time it takes, etc. The, the all the issue, possible issues, etc. So in fact, um, it's a lot more efficient uh, this way. Okay. So you you tr you were trying to outsource things that don't scale yeah. to somebody else. Yeah, okay. yeah, exactly. Yeah, and uh, for instance, um, before I was handling all the payments myself, uh, handling all the pay. I mean, all the employees' payments, uh, buying stuff, etc. Myself, and it was like time consuming. And now uh, we we do it a different way. It's outsource. It's more efficient. Uh, but yeah. Um, the idea is to just to be efficient on what you are efficient. I mean, I am efficient uh, on text, on tech yeah. uh, stuff. Uh, I'm very efficient doing that. So it's better hiring people that are better than, than myself on, on different tasks. Right. Okay. Yeah, obviously. I mean, if someone, if someone's better than you are on LinkedIn, then, you know, probably yeah. hire them and just, just yeah, do what you do I, best. For instance, as a person, I just don't like posting stuff on LinkedIn, etc. So it's better to hire people enjoying the LinkedIn experience. Sure. Yeah. Okay. Okay, cool. Uh, so how do you, uh, it seems that, you know, you're, you're still super involved, right? Uh, there, <laughs> there is definitely no stepping back and just strategizing for you. Uh, so how do you, basically keep saying right how do you uh keep up with the day-to-day -day operations and uh, not burn out eight years a lot of years well so when we started crisp uh, we were working quite a lot day to day uh from maybe 8 a.m to maybe uh 22 okay so yeah from 8 a.m to uh yes yes um so 8 a.m to 10 p.m uh and and no weekends uh no friends no parties no holidays etc the, the very hard way but then it started to pay off and we could scale hire people and now for me what i try to do to to, to stay on, on on the long term is to have a, a very basic schedule i mean i have a a, a 9 a.m to uh to uh 6 p.m job um and i try to stick on that but uh during this operation I'm, i've tried to be very efficient obviously when the you are a company ceo uh you need to, to you you always think to your company so when you are taking the shower when you're doing holidays, when you, you're having weekends, you every time, because we are all work alcoholics, 
work uh, alcoholics. So um, we, I every time think about my company, I every time think about Chris. But uh, in terms of work, I try to limit myself. Okay. And so it's more efficient uh, this way. Yeah. Right. So LinkedIn image of like cool hype founder that just, you know, uh, magically gets his millions and then sits on the beach is not true. No, anyway, I, I, I'm not this kind of person. I mean, it, it could be possible, but okay. I'm, I'm not this kind of person. And every time I go, I do some holidays after maybe five days or four to five days, I'm bored. Okay. I need to go back. So, All right. Uh, I see. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. But no, it's just, uh, um, again, with the experience of this podcast, like everyone, every other founder says that for at least several years, you just work, like you said, 14, 16 hours. Uh, and uh, the image of, uh, of a founder is just so romanticized on social media. Like it's, it's like, uh, you're, you're becoming a kind of superstar when you, when you find, found your own company. And, um, yeah, it's good to, to be brought a bit down to earth and actually seeing what, what it's like to be a founder. Um, so what's, <clears throat> what's your least favorite thing to do in the company? Like the, yeah, something that you don't really like, like the sales, right? But something else, maybe a mundane task. Everything that, that is course. related to paperwork. Okay. I mean, really, oh yeah, I really hate paperwork. All right, what, are you that. planning to outsource it? Yeah, yeah, it's what I do, but uh, still, sometimes uh, you need to to handle some paperwork. I hate lawyers, so lawyers, if you see this video, I all hate you. Um, <laughs> uh, <clears throat> oh, everything related to, yeah. Okay, they, uh, they should be replaced by, by ChatGPT. No, I, I'm, I, I'm kidding, but it's too complicated for me. Uh, right. It's too complicated. I mean, in the internet world, it's a lot, uh, a lot easier. Okay. All right. Yeah, well, yeah, that's me. understandable. Yeah, okay. Okay, uh, so just, uh, just a few more questions. Uh, okay, so the one thing that... You know, I always ask, uh, this is the, you know, the highest high and the lowest low of the company or in your journey with it. So the biggest win, the biggest failure. Um, the biggest win, I guess, um, um, it, it's building a great team. Uh, I, I really enjoy, uh, I mean, we started crisp, we were only two and now we're around. 20 um and it's just amazing to see how you you can build a team from nothing to to yeah building a team and uh yeah it's a great success and i'm really proud of it and and yeah the biggest failures um i don't know i'm 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 proud of everything we do sometimes you know there are obviously issues done times or we could do things better, uh, obviously. Uh, a key lesson I learned is most of the things that are doing wrong, I mean, that 
go wrong in a company. For instance, we have technical downtimes, etc. Sometimes it's rare, but it can happen. Is the things you never thought or planned in your company. And the, the point of failures in your company or, or the stuff you never thought about. And it's very important to think every point of failure in every detail is important in a company. Okay. So you have to estimate uh, what could go wrong from the very beginning and how to deal with it. Yeah, I was a hacker when I was a teenager. And sometimes, like maybe one time per week, I think, like, what could go wrong if I was a hacker or, or whatever? I mean, it's not only about technical stuff, but what could, what could go wrong? And I, I tried to think about that and, okay, so how we could mitigate that. Okay. Uh, what's the worst thing you've done as a hacker? Did you hack your school system? I was system? fired of uh, the high school. Oh, no. Yeah. Okay. All right. Do you, any regrets? <laughs> yes, of course, because it was tough for, for my parents. But uh, yeah, yeah. Uh, in the process, I, I learned a lot of things as well. It worked out. Okay. All right. Uh, okay. And uh, I have just uh, just one bonus question. So uh, what do you think? So obviously, uh, probably overhyped trend right now is ChatGPT and AI. Yeah. So what do you think is the underhyped trend? Something that people are not paying enough attention to and you think is going to be uh, the best thing ever? Um, talking with customers. You know, okay. we are... we. It's a complicated time for SaaS not only SaaS businesses, but for internet businesses as well. There is some finance issues, recession, etc. And I really think that if you want to succeed in, the time, in that time, you need obviously to be money efficient, capital efficient, but to retain your customers. And the best way to retain customers too is having a great relationship with them. Okay. What's your, what's your secret to retaining customers? Like maybe, I don't know, always, always be wrong, always assume they're right. Or I don't know, always offer something when it's your fault. No, no, no. There is no, there is no process. I mean, it's just trying to be yourself and authentic. And really okay. there is no, there is no secret. No it's script. Just, yeah. And, and sometimes I can say fuck off to, to customers. It happens. I mean, it happened like they're sorry, but they are dicks, and then you need to talk with them like 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 dicks, and okay. uh, because it's truly, yeah, they are like this, and I, I mean we try all to be authentic, and it's the best way to um, to succeed is to to be authentic, and to really understand what the customers want, uh, because doing customer support or talking with customers is not on it's not only about helping customers it's okay. also customers helping you being a better business because True. as i said before if if they need to reach you it's you failed something probably so okay so what, is, in the case when they are what you said they are <laughs> is it your fail still or or 
they yeah, failed yeah, to yeah, bet. Yeah, yeah, it could be could be your your fail as well. I mean, the case I mentioned before, it's very rare, but I do remember it happened. Uh, and the reason is just because I try to be authentic. And as a CEO, I mean, or as a co-founder, where you're so passionate about something and you're so passionate about something, you worked hard, uh, very hard from like 9 a.m. Uh, to 10 p.m. on something and, and you have a very harsh customer at the end. Things could go wrong. All right. Do you still uh, take time and uh, answer? Yes, yes, some yes. And I love doing that. Really. Okay. I mean, Are I really... people surprised? No, they, they know that we are involved uh, on, okay. on, on that. And, um, and it's very important for us because it's the best way to, you know, in a company, when you scale, the customer support tend to retain the information. Uh, I mean, there are customer support issues. Sometimes the issue happens 10 times per day. And, and, and it could be solved on the product or by offering better information on the knowledge base on the website. And sometimes when you talk with customers, the customer has a problem and you think, well, why do you have this problem? It's not normal. And, uh, and yeah, this way we can fix issues uh, very, um, very easily. And yeah, I think it's good uh, to show everybody that uh, it's a, it's a job as well that, I love to do and I really think that customer support is very important for a team. Okay. All right. Well, thanks for sharing that. I think uh, I think it's a very valuable advice. Everyone's talking about it. No one's talking about it enough. So uh, thank you so much, Baptiste, for, for your story. It's been awesome talking to you again. And uh, I hope we can do it next year too. Sure. <laughs> okay. Sure. Cool. So, yeah, thank you very much for the invite. Thank you so much. Take care. Bye. That was yet another awesome conversation on SaaS Unbound. We're always looking for new guests to share their experiences. We mostly talk with bootstrapped SaaS founders. And if you're one, reach out to me directly at anna at saas.group or find me on LinkedIn. If you're not bootstrapped or even not SaaS, but have a great story to tell, we want to hear from you too. And obviously, SaaS Unbound wouldn't be possible without the SaaS Group, a founder-friendly private equity company that buys awesome businesses that people love to take them to even greater success. If you're thinking about selling your company or just exploring your options, feel free to visit saas.group, fill in the form, and expect a response in under 24 hours.